0: If you have your Bible, go with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Go in there. You'll um, get a chance maybe to read in the top of your Bible, uh, talking about a vineyard, and so we'll do that this morning. Uh, one of the things that's really important, though, as you go to Matthew chapter 20, that you don't forget about Matthew chapter 19. Things that were said in Matthew chapter 19 you are going to kind of carry along with us right into chapter 20. And uh, so as you end uh, chapter 19... Uh, in verse 30, you read these words, but many who are first will be last and the last first. And so as you get to Matthew chapter 20, you need to be reminded of that. Oh, yeah, there's, we live in a society where everybody says, you know what, I need to be first. I need recognition. Uh, we kind of live in that selfie-taking uh, picture world. Hey, just t- take a look at me, and I'll show you in a slide in just a second kind of how that that works out. But Jesus is now going to tell those individuals, after he's talked to them about people that came to him in chapter 19 and got healing, after he's talked about marriage and divorce and what does that look like, after he's talked to them about this rich young ruler that said, you know what, this is my life, this is who I am, I will sell, but you know what, I'm not going to give it all. I love my pleasures, I love my treasures. And then he's going to paint this incredible picture of Matthew chapter 20. Almost like he's saying, you know what, let me just illustrate this point for you. I'm just going to give it to you from this scenario. So Matthew chapter 20, we pick it up, and it reads like this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius for a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And going out... About the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And then he said to them, you go to the vineyard too. And whatever is right, I will give you. So they went out, going out again about the sixth hour, the ninth hour. He did the same about the eleventh hour. He went out and found others just standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. So you have Matthew chapter 20, and I want you to see a couple things in Matthew chapter 20. Obviously, there's a vineyard there. Obviously, there's going to be an owner that owns this vineyard. There's going to be workers in this vineyard. And it's interesting as you watch this play out, there's also going to be an agreement in this scenario, in this passage of Scripture. In Matthew chapter 20, they're going to make an agreement, and that agreement's going to be for an amount of money. And then after that part, so they make their agreement, so then they're going to say, you know what, you still have to do the work. And so all of that's kind of of neat as you see it as a picture. But now I want to show you something that's really, really interesting. There's a part about work uh, that all of us uh probably don't like it's called the work part of it but what we do like is at the end of the day whenever that time is going to be there's going to be a paycheck we all kind of like that part of life right and so now as you get with Jesus you go back to Matthew chapter 20 and these when they were hired go back to verse 9 when they were hired about the 11th hour came each of them received the an aeriats now when those hired first came They thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And so it's interesting to me, there's a couple words that's interesting to me. They thought they deserved more. Does that jump out to you? They thought, you know what, if he's paying them a denarius for working an hour or three hours and you work your way back, so the person that came early in the morning is thinking, you know what, if that's what they've paid that person, it's interesting to me that they forgot about their agreement. Do you find that interesting? They agreed for a certain amount of money. I'll work for you, you give me this amount of money. But what happens is, as they, as they start to see these other people getting paid, look what happens. Um, and on receiving it, verse 11, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, these last, these last worked only one hour. And you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day, and the scorching heat. It's interesting how often or how easy it is for a human to place their responsibility, say, well, you know what, they did this, I deserve this. On the backside of Matthew chapter 19, where the individual that came to Jesus say, just tell me what I'm supposed to do so I can have eternal life. You got to forsake the thing that you love, your possessions. Sell them all and follow me. On the back part of the end of 19, saying, The last will be first. That's all on the back side of Matthew chapter 20. And he paints this picture, which is interesting to me because there's very few people sitting in this room that live life as a servant and it doesn't matter if they're last. And I'm not saying this to you. I'm just pointing out what Jesus has said to us. It's amazing how we in a society say, you know what? We'll just adopt adopt their viewpoints. We'll be the lone survivor. We'll be the idol. We'll be that person so that we get recognition. We are worth this. Now, I realize if I would ask you this morning how much you make per hour, most of us sitting in this room would probably not agree that we are worth that amount of money, right? We think we are worth more. Just ask us. We'll tell you. We'll tell you all that we do. We'll tell you how incredible we are. We'll tell you all of these things. So it's interesting to me As Jesus puts this illustration together, he's saying, hold on a second. You're not in charge. Watch what happens. Go down to verse 13. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Do you belong to you? Think about this. Do you belong to you? Do you have... Right, sitting in here this morning. The world would say to you, yeah, life isn't fair. The world would say to you, you're really valuable. The world would say to you, hey, it's all about you. That's not what God says. That's not the way Jesus lived his life. Say, you know what, I'm just going to live payday to payday. I'm just going to enjoy this life. No. He humbled himself, saying, you know what? I will choose to be a sacrifice because that's what my Father has asked of me. So I just I just wonder, how many of us chose sacrifice because we know who we belong to? We choose sacrifice because we know who we are in Christ. That's who I am. I am in Christ, so I am complete. Um, one of the things that we have the privilege of doing right now is being involved in ministry on Thursday nights at Avon Park Correctional Center. The first week was pretty weird. I told the guys this morning this. Um, they put us, you know, I don't mind going through security and all that stuff, and, and so we do all that stuff, and they send us over to this building, and the building looks really, really small, but it's got like five rooms inside of it. They're not big rooms, but so then they say, okay, you guys, you, you guys go sit in this room and we're just going to bring inmates in, for, in to talk with you. Okay, that's fine. No problem. So they, pr- they bring these guys in there. So now I'm thinking, Lord, how do I start a conversation? And so I don't want this to be like, you know, um, the, the, the counseling room. You know, it's like this old sterile white room. It feels like I'm in counseling session 101. You know, you're going back and telling all of our issues. So I said to the guys, I said, well, tell us who you are. Tell us about your family. Just tell us some stuff about you. We're kind of trying to figure out who they are as individuals. Do they know Christ personally? You know what we, what we heard almost every single time? Why they're in prison, how long they're in prison, who's outside, how bad it is on the inside of prison. So I left there thinking, huh, they are defined by where they are, their location. That defines them. They told them. It came up in every single story. So we went back this week. They added a couple guys back in that room. So this week we were starting the book of Colossians. I said, okay, listen, we're not going to do what we did like last week. I want you to know who you are in Christ, not where you think you live or to be defined by any institution. I want you to know tonight as we gather around the Word of God that I get the privilege to come and talk to my brothers that just so happen to live at Avon Park Correctional Center. They're my brothers. They're in Christ. They know Christ. I know Christ. Their location for ministry is inside those walls. Because you know what's happened? Some of those guys have been rescued by the gospel. Some of those guys have said, you know what, Jesus, I am not my own anymore. I belong to you. Now, They have thoughts, and they have preferences, and they have things that they think can all change and all that stuff, but that's not why we're there. We're there to give them biblical truth. You are in Christ. You know what the temptation is? I'm in Christ, but this is what I need. This is what I deserve. This is what I want. Just know something as you read on down through here. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Do you belong to him? Doesn't he get a say in your life? Doesn't he get to send you down roads that he wants you to grow? You're not your own. There's not one person sitting in this room this morning that died on the cross for your sins. There's not one of us. Now, there's some pretty neat people sitting here. I want you to hear what he's going to say. I'm not allowed to do with you what I choose, what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. And as I was sitting in my office thinking about this passage of Scripture, it is so contrary to where we live right now you do not celebrate being second or third or fourth. You do not celebrate sacrifice and service. You celebrate recognition, accomplishments. And fine, if you want to live this life and be that person, that's fine. But just know when you meet Jesus face to face for the first time, he might just say to you, didn't you read, it is written, the last will be first, and the first will be last. Didn't you hear that somewhere? Wasn't that passage of Scripture opened up to you? But you chose to say, you know what? <laughs> ah, that's nice, but it's not convenient to what I want. Because, let me just show you a couple. Because you chose this for yourself. Because you chose to look, hey, look at me. And that's a choice that you're going to have to really think about this morning. When you leave the facility, is life going to be something that you're first or he's first? Is the life going to be about the temporary, hey, it's just about me being happy, or is it going to be, you know what, there's an eternity out there and God has a plan for eternity. Who's the person that God wants us to be involved with that's going to pass away and that their child will know one day Because we spent time with them that their child can run to a casket and one of us will step up and say, hold on a second. Your parent is not here. They're with Jesus. And then we'll get to navigate with that child for however many years to walk in the healing grace of losing someone that they love, showing them what it looks like to run to the cross, showing them what it looks like to be last. Showing them what it looks like to be a servant. Showing them what it looks like. You know what? I am right, but I don't have to be right. I can just lay that down. Because it's interesting, as you, as you work your way through Matthew chapter 19, and, if, and if, you know, if you're writing things and you're looking at the Scriptures, it's just kind of like, oh, wow, check out how Jesus put this together. Look at this next chunk of Scripture. Look at verse 17. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples inside and he said to them, now imagine Jesus in this small group. And if you're kind of like me right now, I love watching NCAA basketball and and I'm really excited about watching Krzyzewski coach against um, Michigan State Izzo. That's gonna be a fun game. <clears throat> well, that's not part of my message anyway, so here we go. And what I love to watch is how those individuals interact with their players and say, okay, look, this is what I want from you. This is what I need you to do. You know what's interesting? Every night it's going to be a little bit different. Sometimes the guy I was watching Duke the other night, the the little short point guard was playing against UCF, the joker couldn't hit a three-pointer to save his life. And I'm thinking, Shyshevsky, take him out of the game. Rotate some guys. You got guys who can shoot. What's going on? He never did. Left that little guy in the whole game. I don't know if you watched him play last time. That little guy shot it lights out. And I don't know how many times the commentator said he went to practice and Krzyzewski was standing next to him and say, do it this way. I believe in you. I choose you. And that guy played extremely well. Jesus is gathering his key leaders. And it's interesting to me what he says. He doesn't promise them prosperity. He doesn't give them hope and say, hey, life is going to be incredible. He doesn't talk to them about retirement. He doesn't talk to them about purpose. He doesn't talk to them about fulfillment. He doesn't talk to them about, hey, we want you really to be happy. Look what he says. In Matthew chapter 20, he says these words. See, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered. The Son of Man's going to make a choice to be delivered. Nobody took Jesus. Nobody was bigger than Jesus. He just said, to be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will bless him and encourage him and give him a great pep talk and say, you know what, we really value you, Jesus. No. Deliver to the chief priests and the Pharisees and the scribes, chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. And they will deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he'll be raised again. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure those disciples are walking away scratching their head thinking, what in the world is going on with this guy? I mean, he's targeted marriage. We've seen marriage things talked about. We've seen this rich young ruler that we all thought, yeah, man, this guy's got eternal life. Look at him. And they laughed astonished. And then he says these crazy words. The first we laughed. And so just so interesting is, The disciples didn't listen real well here because in a little while they're going to ask, their mom's going to come and ask, by the way, can you put one of these on the right and the left? Can you put them in distinguished places so that they get recognition? They're really, really cool. But before we're too hard on them, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. That didn't come to the book of Acts and until we become too judgmental. When was the last time the Holy Spirit tapped you on the shoulder and said, it's time for you to be a servant? And you said, no. I deserve this. So I don't know where you are today, but I want to encourage you with the word. And this word kind of keeps coming around and back and forth, but I found a picture that maybe, I don't know if you can see this, but the word says surrender. And what I love about this picture is if you, if you see the little rope, it's tying the, the twig back together. God usually will bring you to a place of brokenness before you say, I surrender. So you might be here this morning and you're the complainer. You might be here this morning and say, you know what? I deserve more. I'm worth this. I need this. Well, you can identify with the illustration of Jesus who those people are. They complain. And so you might be here this morning and you're not the person that surrendered. And God has brought you to, to different phases in your life and said, you know what? He broke you here and you broke you here, but you're still saying, hey, I want to be the idol. I want to be the lone survivor. You know what? Go right on ahead. That means more brokenness is coming for you. Some of the best times of my life in my brokenness, I just waved that flag and said, I surrender. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know where to go. I, I just surrender.'" I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. I belong to you. I surrender. Or this may be you. You just got to have your way. You got to have your saying. it's It's just you. You know what's neat is? If that's you, I would say to you, wave the flag. On your face and surrender. Make a choice to say, you know what? I choose to be delivered over to the One who gave His life for me. Because I realize that something's going on is is really what needs to take place. As after we end here, we're going to close with a couple songs in just a second. We really need to get back to work. Really need to say, you know what? Here I am. I gather around the Scriptures today. Okay, thinks it makes this makes sense. I, I got a job, and it's not—it's—it's it's fascinating. Maybe I was just dumb when I was a kid. Uh, part of that is—is is true. I—I I never thought about a career that I can make money at. I just didn't think what—what what do I want to do that makes a lot of money? But now, if you talk to students, they're like, "Well, I'm—why do you want to? Because I, I could think I can make this amount of money." I don't know who what's going on. I don't know what tomorrow looks like with you. I don't know what this afternoon looks like to you. But I can I tell you something? He's calling you to sacrifice. He's calling you to say, you know what, God? I, I, I really don't, I don't have, I don't need to be right. I don't have rights. I don't need that parking spot. I don't need to win this argument. I really like chocolate ice cream. So if you can keep that coming my way, I would appreciate that. But I don't have to have it. Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see about that one. No, I'm in Christ. There's nothing more that can make me complete than Christ. I can't add anything to it. That's works. Are you whole this morning? When was the last time that the Holy Spirit said, surrender, and you surrendered? When was the last time the Holy Spirit said, serve, and you served? When was the last time the Holy Spirit called you to sacrifice? You said, you know what? I don't want to, but I don't even think I can do it. But because of who you are and because this is what you're asking me to do, I will. I can't, but with you I can. So here we are this morning. Called to surrender. Called to sacrifice. Called to be last. That's what Jesus did. Will you do that? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to gather around the Scriptures. And I thank you really uh, for just putting this kind of all, this day together, bringing Gene back here and, and doing what you're doing in the elders' hearts and mind to say, you know what, we're not going to add on here. We're asking you for, for 20 acres or whatever that looks like, wherever that piece of land is. Father, you just lead and we'll follow. We say we surrender. As a leadership, they've surrendered. What about you? As a pastor, we've said, "Hey, I surrender. I don't. I don't have. A, I don't know." What about you? The temptation will be. Oh, it's just easier to complain. The temptation to say, "Well, this is what I want. This is what I deserve." Well, Jesus says to you, "The first will be last, and the last will be first. So what has been said to you, how do you receive that? And what has been demonstrated out of his life, how do you receive that? So, Father, here we are as a family. And, Father, you're the only one that can make us children that live in sacrifice, children that live in surrender, children that live in hope because of who you are, children that live in I don't need to waive my rights. So I pray, Father, because of what your Son has done in our lives, that the Holy Spirit be strong enough to break us down, to surrender, to follow ship, to sacrifice, that we would not have to be first because of who you are and because we are complete in you, Jesus. It's your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us?